But when was the last time uh, someone did something for you for no reason at all other than simply to love you? All right, gentlemen, you know what that's like. Uh, you decide to um, send some flowers to your wife. Or ladies, you know what that's like, right? And what is that like, by the way? Someone just, uh, they, does some, they do something for you just because they, for no other reason other than they love you. I love you so here. And you know how it is sometimes, okay, what have you done? But in fact, how far would you go to help someone you love or do something for? How far would you go? Would you climb a 40-foot rickety ladder? Would you put your body in, in front of a fast approaching train because you love this person so much that you don't want anything to happen to them? Would you spend every single dime that you have in order to get that person out of trouble? But in each one of these cases, we see that one person substitutes something or of themselves for another. The one who substitutes themselves has no recourse and basically risks everything. It's kind of like marriage, you know? Uh, you think that you know the person, right? And you do as much research, and now with Google, right? If you ever think about marrying anyone, one of the things uh, I want to encourage you first is, why don't you Google them? Why don't you go on Facebook and find out what's going on, right? Amen, right? Uh, try to keep yourself out of trouble. But if you do something for someone else and you, you're giving it your all, you are risking everything. However, when we take a look at those scenarios, we realize that one must come first in some sense. You know, you... If you're the one receiving the help, you have to know or tell them somehow either internally or, or with your mouth that I need help. I need someone to give me a hand. I was looking at this, move, uh, this movie the other day called Vertical. I think it's called Vertical Limit. And there was uh, uh, this father, this daughter, and this son, plus some other people. They were climbing this mountain. And... Uh, and they reach this point in which uh, these, uh, these anchors, they start coming out the side of the mountain. So uh, on this particular rope, uh, there, were, uh, there were three people, there were four people hanging off of this rope. The daughter, she was at the top, and she couldn't reach far enough to get another one of those anchors in, so she was dangling. Her brother was after her, then was her father, their father, and then was the father's friend. So when the father began to assess the situation, uh, he realizes that everybody is going to die unless someone cuts the rope. So he tells his son, to, who was number two, he tells him to take out, out his knife and tells him to cut the rope. 
the son, he takes out the knife and he begins at the rope, but then he stops and as he cried, he just said, I can't do it. Father says, it is best that we die in order to save you. But as Jesus Christ has saved us, He had to take the fall for us. So we find out that victory for Christ is indeed victory for us. But it begins with the premise that we must first know that we need help. If you don't think that you need help, then I'm not sure if Jesus can be any of assistance to you. I think it is past time for all of us to get right and stop playing games with God. Romans chapter 3, verse 23, you know this verse well. Everyone has sinned. Everyone. Paul writes here, Romans 3, 23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. What is true of our forefathers is also true of us. The Bible tells us that uh, for all have sinned. Uh, there are times in life in which we decide whether or not if we are part of a larger group. Uh, for instance, some people have said and they continue to say that all politicians are crooked. Some folks have said and do say that all lawyers are sleazy. Still others have said all cops are out to get you. So uh, if you happen to find yourself in one of those categories, I don't want you to feel bad, right? So I'm going to add myself to that category as well. Uh, some folks have said, all preachers want is nothing but your money. Well, that preacher ain't no good. It is very sad that a few bad apples uh, make it tougher on everyone else. It's a, it's a sorry situation. But if you happen to have chosen one of those areas as a profession and are nothing like what people are saying, then you can refute that claim. You can say that I know that you have heard a lot of negative press about, you know, all preachers or, 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 or all lawyers, but I want you to know uh, that that may be true of some, but that is not true of me. And then you go on to explain that you are a lawyer, you are a police officer, you are a politician, or you are a preacher or a pastor. And again, are nothing like what everyone else is saying. The point is that what people have been saying negatively about a group you may be a part of, by association, simply is not true of you. As many of my musician friends will tell you, especially in times past, that folks automatically thought that if you had something to do with jazz uh, music, that you were on drugs. I I'm going to tell you, be honest. I've had conversation after conversation with people in, in times past that when you would tell them that you are a musician, the, the first thing they would say, they'd say something like, well, you have any, you, you have any uh, reefer, right? They call it weed now, right? You, you, you have any pot? Or would you like to do X, Y, and Z? It's always the case. But then if you are not part of this, uh, that group in which, uh, given the larger group a bad name, and you get to know folks, then they discover you're nothing like that. 
then they begin to respect you for who you are. Therefore, you are relieved and so are they. But, but, the Lord has made a declaration about every single person and it's true of all of us. We all belong to a category which we cannot definitively say, get to know me and you will discover that I'm nothing like that. In God's economy of things, no one can talk their way out of or no one is exempt from the label of sinner. Paul says, for all have uh, sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Uh, you can't tell God, you can't tell your friend. Well, I know it may be true about most people, but as for me and my house, I'm not a sinner. All people are or have been sinners because, and not only, because we are descendants of Adam. And guess what? You can't talk your way out of it. Why? Because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We are natural born sinners. Walk into this earth. Welcome earth. I am born as pretty as the Gregory's baby is. To see the little pretty baby and again begin to develop. And I know all of your children were probably the prettiest kids you've ever known, right? When they were born. Regardless of how pretty that little person is or was, you better know one thing, that that kid was born a sinner. Yes, it is true that we can do good things for others. And we can feel good about it. We can give to the least fortunate in our society and we can vol volunteer at the local soup kitchen. We can paint the walls of our schools or cut the grass of our neighbors uh, just because we can. And it is the right thing to do. We can knit uh, booties for some child or even give our own blood to someone in need. But regardless of how much we try, Regardless of how much we do, we are sinners. Unfortunately, helping that old lady, old man across the street will not cancel out your debt before God. Sin is like having, if you can imagine, having a gray film in front of your face, right? Uh, if you imagine looking out around in all of the pretty colors, now, if you would, imagine putting a gray film, uh, a tinted film in front of your face, and now you're trying to see the same thing, but somehow everything is gray. Everything is gray. Everything is tinted gray. No matter how hard you try, no matter how hard I try, we will view things in and through uh, the, the color of that gray film. You can ignore it all you want to. You can, you can deny it, but that does not alter its reality. Guess what? Your sin is your responsibility. Your sin is your responsibility. Newsflash. Even though you say, well, wait a minute, I didn't do anything. I've been a good person all my life. I never lied. I never stole. I never cheated on anything. 
yeah, 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 pretty thing, I hear you, but you are still a sinner. Even though you didn't originate sin, you certainly caught it. It's much like a cold, right? Uh, we don't give ourselves coal, uh, but yet uh, we maintain a certain level of responsibility to get rid of it. And you know as long as you have that coal, it's kind of like sin. Because if that coal hangs on for too long, you know that eventually you could find yourself in some serious health trouble. If you hold on to sin too long, it will kill you. What will you do about your sin? How will you deal with it? Because ignoring it will not make it go away. One thing we know is that we can't take care of the sin issue ourselves. You can't do it yourself. So here's a question for you. This is Resurrection Sunday. Jesus died on a cross for you, and now he lives. Here's the question. Will you let Jesus deal with your sin? Once and for all, will you allow Jesus to deal with your sin? Well, here's a couple of reasons why you may not want Jesus to deal with your sin. <laughs> uh, you may not want Jesus to deal with your sin uh, because you've seen it all before. Uh, look at Mark chapter 6, verses 3 and 4. Mark chapter 6, verses 3 and 4 conversation with Jesus they're trying to figure out who is this who is this joker and who does he think he is and this is what the conclusion they came to beginning in verse 3 is not this the carpenter the son of Mary and brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon and are not his sisters here with us in other words Wait a minute, is this the same little old Jesus that we knew uh, grew up uh, making wood stools? Is this the same Jesus? But, but verse 3 says this at the end, and they took offense at him. Verse 4, and Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and among his relatives and in his own household. In some respects, if this is you, that, uh, uh, that you've seen it all before, uh, you are one of the most difficult people to, come to, people to come to Christ. The reason why is because you have grown up in church. You have uh, possibly seen all the mess that have gone on in the church. And probably the only reason that you go to church today is because it's something that you've always done. It's a tradition. Especially on a day like day, like today, on Easter, who doesn't go to church on Easter except the most paganist of people? They call uh, uh, they have a name for people who go to church, and if you're offended, please don't be offended. But I'm just uh, relaying uh, information to you. Amen. Uh, they have a name for people who go to uh, church on Easter and Christmas only, and they call them Christers. If you are a Christer, then you may be an individual who is familiar with the church, but yet have never really made that move into salvation because you know it all. You know what they do in church. So, as some people reacted to Jesus during his day, you react to believers today. Oh, they can't tell me anything about the church. 
that I already don't know. You therefore turn away from Jesus and you do within your heart. You turn away from his church. People of this sort, they can't honor the truth because they really can't honor Jesus. They're there for the music. They're there because they have a friend. Or they're there because I've always done this. I've always gone to church as a child, so I'm going to church now. Wrong reason to go to church. It is really something when you can't obtain salvation because you don't know it all. You think you know it all. Number two, you may not want Jesus to deal with your sin because you want him to do tricks and he refuses. So you want all the Jesus tricks. Look here, Mark chapter 8, verses 11 and 13. Mark chapter 8, verses 11 through 13. The Pharisees came and began to argue with him, seeking from him a sign from heaven to test him. And he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, Why does this generation seek a sign? Truly, I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. And he left them, got into the boat again, and went to the other side. (laughs) You uh, may be the individual who have heard about people who have gotten healed. In fact, you may be one of these people who have seen folks uh, walk on television with white suits or or the like, and and people are testifying, this is what God has done for me. And then you find yourself into a situation and that you really need God, you need a healing, or you need something else, and you're crying out. And in fact, you've done it for years and years and years. But you were never healed. You want Jesus to do tricks. But regardless of what you told Jesus, regardless how long you prayed and had people anoint you with oil and and to cover you in prayer, nothing ever happened. Confused and dismayed, you turn away from Jesus and you run away from his church. You, as well as many others, turn away because now you are thinking that all this Jesus stuff is nothing but hype. But my question to you is simply this. Did you really want Jesus or did you only want the healing? Do you really want the resurrected Jesus or do you just want the healing? Jesus may not respond to you by providing a healing. He may not give you that miracle you're looking for. You don't have that healing, so the only thing that you're left with is just you and Jesus face to face and the reality of his word. What now? The healing that Jesus gives you is himself. Is Jesus enough? Next, you may not want Jesus to deal with your sin because his message simply just doesn't resonate with you. Uh, You know, uh, I hear what you're saying, but uh, here we go. Acts chapter 17. Acts 17, beginning in verse 29. Acts 17, beginning in verse 29. Here, we call Mars Hill here. Paul is is dealing with uh, all the idols and so on and so forth here, here in Athens. Verse 29, uh, being then God's offspring, we ought not to think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and imagination of men. This is Paul talking. Verse 30, the times of ignorance God overlooked, 
But now he commands all people everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. Now when they heard of this, of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, but others said, we will hear you again about this. Others did follow him. Follow the message of Christ. But one of the reasons that uh, some people, uh, they, they mock this message, and you may know this, is for the fact that they thought they, that, that, that Paul was talking about some lady. I said, what are you talking about, Paul? What is, what is this lady you're talking about? And Paul was talking about Jesus Christ being raised up from the dead. But looking in our passage here, Right? In verse 32. Sometimes when people say we will talk later about this, it is an affront to, I have had enough and I really want to politely stop this conversation now. So as long as they have their dribble coming in, it's okay to talk. But as soon as you lay the truth of God's word right before them, all of a sudden, oh man, that's really nice. They begin to be condescending to you. Uh, maybe we'll just talk a little later about that. Well, that may not be the case in our verse, but it is sometime the case in life. But looking at the results of this conversation, we see that some did come to Jesus while others just blew the conversation off completely. For some people who decided to listen to an honest evaluation about God, uh, they had the appearance of being tolerant about Jesus. Some played polite while others just mocked this message of the resurrection. God's grace didn't resonate with them because there were just too many other gods to choose from. How are you going to say that Jesus is the way when we got all these other gods? Uh, no, I'm not, I don't think I can hear this. I can mix and match. It's like my wife and I, we were talking about, we were talking about the colors and how people are matching today, right? And, uh, and one of the things we were saying, I, I think I was in a store, I was picking out this tie, right? I'm like, maybe I'll just get this tie, I'll get some other crazy color, and I'll wear this. And, and my wife said, yeah, you know, nowadays, you know, people, they just, you know, wear all kind of colors. And it's cool. And I told her, that's okay, give it a couple of years, it ain't going to be cool anymore. Uh, bottom line, we try to treat our relationship or this spiritual quest uh, like we choose colors today. We like to mix and match and think it's cool. But one thing I will tell you is that you hold on and you know one day it is not going to be cool anymore. And then you may not want to, Jesus to deal with your sin because you are already happy. I'm already happy. Boy, listen to these lyrics. I know you've heard these over and over, probably too much. Here come bad news, talking this and that, yeah. Well, give me all you got, and don't hold it back, yeah. Well, I should probably warn you, I'll be fine, yeah. Well, no, no offense to you, don't waste your time. Here's why, because... I'm happy. Clap along if you feel like a room without a roof. Why? Because 
I'm happy. Clap along if you feel like happiness is the truth. Why? Because I'm happy. Clap along if you know what happiness is to you. Why? Because I'm happy. Clap along if you feel like that's what you want to do. Luke chapter 12, verse 19. This is Jesus speaking. He's telling the parable about this man who was very wealthy. And then in this parable, he responds this in verse 19. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax. Oh, eat your Easter dinner. Right? Easter dinner is not in there. Don't call me a heretic. Okay? Drink your Kool-Aid. Be merry, or better yet, be happy. Eat, relax, drink, be merry, be happy. Verse 20. But God says, matter of fact, 